to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. This is the podcast that tells you to step outside, whether that means literally stepping outside and maybe doing something like I did, which is going out at four in the morning and running up a mountain and forgetting your gloves and instead using the go-to socks on your hand (laughs) or stepping outside figuratively um, doing something that you're uncomfortable with. And that brings me to today's episode and today's guest. I'm I'm just going to put it on front street. Today's episode is with my friend Brandon and he talks about going to a 10 day silent meditation retreat. And that is completely fascinating to me. Um, I love meditation. I would love to get into it more. Um, maybe I'm just making excuses like being busy, having two kids, and I just don't find time to meditate as often as I would like. Instead, kind of, you know, saying, oh, when I'm running, I'm moving meditating, which isn't quite the same. <laughs> and so I've dabbled here and there with it, but Brandon took it to a whole another level i mean 10 days absolutely no distractions you're meditating for up upwards of 12 to 14 hours a day um it just sounds crazy intense and just an experience i really want to hear about so i contacted him and uh yeah what follows is our conversation it's completely fascinating to me and uh hope it is to you enjoy all right, welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast, Brandon Sweat, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my whole entire life. You're you're too kind. <laughs> well, if, if that's like the nicest person telling me I'm too kind, it's like double. Right? Yeah. What is like? What does that say about you then, Chris? It must like, say I'm well, pretty pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty cool. <laughs> um, I have you on today because I really wanted to hear about this meditation retreat you did. Um, I've kind of just yeah. heard heard from friends kind of like, hey, Brandon did this cool meditation retreat. But for whatever reason, I've never asked you about it. So I know yes. nothing. <laughs> so, well, the funny thing is like going into it, I didn't really know anything either. So perfect. I was, my backstory leading up to this is basically like, you know, I grew up like atheist, like wasn't really didn't really care about like any sort of like religious, so to speak, or spiritual, maybe for a better word, things like meditation or, you know, anything like that. Like I was like, oh, that's all stupid. And like, that's a waste of time. And, and as I like started to like look into that, like I, one day I just like looking into that stuff. I was like, oh, meditation, like you could totally do that and not have it be like a spiritual practice. Like, you know, it's just learning more about your mind. And, and so I, I kind of would just read things and ask questions. And one day I asked my friend, Adam Hammes, who you know, um, I was like, you're into meditation. He went to the Maharishi University in Fairfield, Iowa, which is like, they're required to meditate. So he's very familiar with that. And, and I was like, I feel like I sit there, but I can't focus for like more than three seconds. Like, like, am I doing something wrong? He's like, no, because like, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. You know? (laughs) And so as we got talking, it was, it was more for me, like meditation was like, oh, just getting that focus down and like, like, yeah, just getting, like, super focused and, like, I'll meditate and come out of it and I'll just be, like, super successful after that. Like, it'll be amazing. <laughs> but he really helped me, like, frame, like, meditation and just, like, 
things to do. And he was like, here, read this, read that. And, and I remember always like reading these things about meditation, but it wasn't like anything that like it, I thought it made sense at the time. I was like, Oh, I get that when they mean like, just be in the moment with it, you know, and, and things <laughs> Dude, like that. That's and I remember, go ahead. Sorry. That's the one thing I really love about meditation is you can read all about it and you can have like an intellectual understanding of it. But unless you actually put in the time and energy and effort to practice it, you have no idea what it's actually like. Well, and it's like, I don't want to get like a bunch of hubris about this, but have you, you've heard of headspace? Yeah. The The app headspace. Yeah. So what he does there is like, it's kind of an intro to, to Vipassana meditation, which is a type of meditation where he talks about like, just sit and just observe things happening in your body. And, and he's like, don't try to change anything. And you're like, sure. Like, don't try to change it. Did you roll your shoulders and adjust your back? You know, pop in your neck. yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah, I'm not changing the situation, you know? And so for me, like, that's totally what I was doing with it. And, and so when I did this, like, I really wanted to get in, into meditation. So when, my, when, did, when did this start though? Like, I mean, you've done yoga before and yoga yeah. ends with, uh, Shavasana, which I remember when I saw for the first time in high school, we did like a yoga session for gym class and it ends with someone laying there. And I remember just looking around being like, what are we supposed to do? We're just laying here. I was like, this is the easiest workout of all. Cause I was, you know, I just associated yoga with workout, like right. this is the easiest workout of all time. Totally. So yeah, I mean, this probably started two years ago, I would say. Okay. Okay. And, and I did the meditation retreat a year ago. Okay. Okay. So this was a year before that. And so I kind of just fooled around with this idea of meditation. And then Adam was like, hey, my friend Mike and I are going to go to this Vipassana meditation thing down in Dallas. And I was like, what do you mean? Like a retreat type thing? He's like, yeah, it's totally free. Like it's donation only, which is crazy. Like you could go there and not pay anything if you didn't want to. And you get meals. It's all vegetarian. And he's like, but it's 10 days. And there's no talking. <laughs> so it's completely silent for 10 days. And I was like, in my brain, I was like, this is like, this is one of those moments where it's just like, I'm crazy enough to just try this right now. So I signed up, I got in and like I'd signed up and I was like, am I really about to do this? And I was, was like, was there anything that really like drove you into it where you're like, I need this right now? Or was it more like, Hey man, this is a cool experience. I want to test it out. There was just a lot of interest there. You know, as I think back on myself back then, I think there was a lot of like insecurities and I thought like foolishly, like if I did this, like I'll get over a lot of stuff, you know, like <laughs> that, like it'll make me a new man, you know? And so I think there was a lot of that, like just being really insecure. And, and then when I found out it was like 10 days, I was like, Adam, like, can like, I need like a precursor to this. So he, so we went and did like a two and a half day silent meditation retreat at this okay. place. Like, we just did like 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. You know, we were separate from each other, just tried to stay silent. And I was like, okay, that was pretty interesting. But so in that how 20 minutes. How long during the day are you doing 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off? Is it the From when I woke day? up, yeah, as much as I could. Yeah. I mean, we took breaks for lunch and things like that. And, and you know, I'd take a nap every now and, you know, so I'd yeah. take like a one hour nap. And, and so, and in those breaks, I was like getting on my phone, like playing a game or something like that. Like, okay. You know. <laughs> or, you know, oh, my knees needed a break. So I might take 40 minutes this time, you know, yeah. but it was an interesting experience for sure. But like, it was not even close to, that was literally compared to what I was about to do because we go to this event 
and we go in and the the they give you a schedule and the schedule is four o'clock a.m. is wake up time. Okay, at four thirty to six thirty, you're then meditating in the hall or in your room. So there's this big meditation hall in this place, and then it's just like it's it's just in these hours of time. So I think I calculated it out. It was if you meditate for every minute they they want you to, it's ten and a half hours a day. Wow. And so it's a really long time. You get like an hour and a half at breakfast for a break, and then there's an hour break right after lunch. And no but talking during the breaks. No talking. No talking to anybody. You have fifteen minutes during after for an hour after lunch. You can side up, excuse me, for fifteen minute increments to go talk to the teacher and ask questions. Okay. And I never really asked questions because I was like, I don't know what I would say, you know. And there's rules that say you can't kill anything, so don't kill any bugs. You can't have sex of any kind, you know, whether it's masturbation or anything. And that, by far, by far was the hardest part of the whole thing. (laughs) Like, it's incredible because you think like, oh, 10 days, like, I'll be able to deal with that. You know, like, it'll be totally fine. Day five, I was just like, oh, my God. So did you... Did you just like not make eye contact with any of the ladies meditating? So you're sep- you're separated. Oh, okay. So they separate that the men and the women. Bit. Well, the only time you see them is in the meditation hall. Okay. When the men are on the left side and the women are on the right side. So you're still not even really that close, but you can still see them. Yeah. And like it's just you see them and you like the things that go through your mind are just insane, you know. <laughs> but they do that because they don't want you to, you know, it's tr- you're trying to clear your mind of any distraction basically. Yeah. And so you can't read either and you can't bring anything to read. It's just you and any clothes you have, you know? And I remember sitting there on the first day thinking like, Oh, this is fucking bullshit. Like this is going to be so hard. I had no idea. Like what did I sign up for? I can't leave because Mike and George are here or Mike and uh, uh, Adam are here. You can leave. leave. Yeah, Yeah. You can totally leave. And people dropped out for sure. Really? Oh yeah, like if they, if you can't take it, like it definitely. How many happens. dropped out day one? Do you remember? I don't know, but you would notice every once in a while, like somebody wasn't there. Yeah. Like oh, I got the guy right behind me was gone after like day four, you know. Wow. So, so people drop out. It's not easy. Um, and so for the first three days of this technique, you're just focusing on this little area from your nose to right here, like. From your nose to your lips. Like yeah. that's all you're focused on for three days. It's just the air going up your nose and then out your nose. And all you're doing is focusing on this for three days. For ten and a half hours a day. You know? <laughs> so for like 30 hours, that's what you're focused on. So educate me a little bit. I mean, every time I think of people meditating, I obviously think of the great movie with Julia Roberts, Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> love. Which, by the way, if you think I haven't read the book you would be wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. I totally read the book. She's awesome, but whatever. Different story. Um, so, so you're sitting. So every time I think about it, though, I'm imagining I'm like sitting and like back straight, shoulders back, right. you know, um, and that that would be very uncomfortable for me. Like, I don't think I could sit that long. So uh, let me give you some insight. This is called Vipassana meditation. Yeah. And it's it's a very, very ancient form. It's the one that they say the Buddha used to become enlightened. Okay. And and it's the the best way to describe it is self transformation through self observation. 
So really what you're doing is you're sitting and it's a body scanning technique. You're scanning parts of your body. You're starting at your head and your face and your nose, your lips, your chin, and you work your way down and you just try to observe in that moment, like anything that's happening. It could just be like the lightest, like sensation to like the, like the hardest pain, you know? And you're sitting there and you can sit cross-legged. They have benches you can use. You know, you can try to pile up pillows. Believe me, I tried three or four different ways because okay. <laughs> when you sit for that long, it just hurts, you you're know? You're just not used to sitting with your back not straight a, or whatever, however you're Not sitting. at all. You're sitting with your, yeah, your back as straight as it can be, um, either on a bench or, or cross-legged. I found a bench work the best for me, even though it was still crazy painful. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the idea a little bit is that you sit there and you know you could probably sit for half an hour without feeling any real pain but then things just start to kick in i remember sitting there and my back like these knots in my back were just like forming and i'm just like oh my god like this is it hurts and they tell you like do not so you had three one hour sessions a day that you were required to be in the hall every other time you can be they had a pagoda you could go to if you had a reserved room or you could do it in your room i tried to be in the hall as much as i could because I just like the that area, and and in these one hour sittings, like they tell you, do not move, like do not move an inch, which is the hardest thing ever. Because you're just sitting there and you're like, everything hurts. I just want to bend over and stretch my back out. I do not understand. And you're just like dripping sweat, and all these feelings are coming up. And that's like the whole idea is like they get you to this point of like, there's pain, and then you're forced to just sit with that pain and be like, why is there pain? You know, instead of just like, oh, there's pain, let me stretch out and get rid of it. It's like, no, like it, it doesn't want you to like get rid of it. And they call, they t- he always talked about the equanimous mind, this teacher, the equanimous mind of like, you don't want anything to go away and you don't want anything to come to you. So it's like, if there's pain, you don't want it to go away. And if there's a great feeling, like, you know, you don't want it to just stay there. Like, it doesn't matter when it goes or leaves. Like, just let it do its thing, which is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life because you're sitting there focusing on this knot in your back and you're like, okay, like, why is this here? You know, I'm just going to notice it. I don't care that it's here. It's not my pain. It's just pain that's being experienced. When really you're just, you feel like you want to scream, you know? Is, and so, so two things is part of yeah. it the whole idea of you know when you when you like hurt your ankle yeah. and you go up to somebody like man my ankle hurts and then they just punch in the shoulder and they're like well now your shoulder hurts so <laughs> you're gonna focus on that and you forget about the ankle is part of it the, the you want to experience this pain so your mind just completely stops thinking about anything else because if your back's hurting that bad, are you just like, my back hurts, my back hurts, my back hurts, oh, it, my back hurts? That's exactly what, like, well, and, he, you know, you always talk about, it, it's like, if you have a tooth that hurts, you're like, oh, my tooth hurts, and then you keep poking it with your tongue. But then you know, you're not, like, oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but then you're not thinking about anything else. Like, now your thoughts of your family or, you know, your job, like, now that's kind of going away because you're solely just thinking about how bad your backwards is that kind of an idea here or not really am i way off base um no like it's it's really hard to describe because i think just how people deal with it is going to be different for everybody okay, okay you know um i think it gets to a point of like 
there's this physical think of it this way like if i told you to go run if i told the average human to go run 50 miles like their mind will break before their body will break no matter how much pain they're in so it becomes like a mental game of just like yes there's pain but then you're it's almost like you're trying to convince yourself that you can like deal with it you know yeah and so you're sitting there you're like okay like i can do like oh my god like oh, this is the worst. I know I can do this. Like, oh, this is all, you know, and instead of, and what you're trying to do there, like you get to this point of just like, okay, like this is really hard. Like I'm having like an emotional reaction to this. Yeah. Where's this emotional reaction coming from? You know? And then you're like the pain in my back. Like, well, why is there pain in your back? It's like, well, cause I've been sitting for this long. Well, why are you sitting this long? Cause I decided to do this stupid thing. Why did you decide this stupid thing? Because I'm unhappy in my life, you know? And it just becomes this like unraveling of things of like, why did I decide to do this? And when you find out, you're like, I decided to do this cause I'm unhappy. Why are you unhappy? Because of this, because, and so you yeah. get to this point of just like, Oh you, my God, you trace like, it back. You trace it back. Cause there's nothing else you can do. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you're for, you can't stare at your phone. You can't log on to Facebook. Like you're just there with yourself. You can't talk to anybody, so you, you kind of have to look through these filters that you've put up of why you actually, like, did this. And it's really, like, really tough, you know? And there were some dark days, like, yeah. for me in that thing because you're just like, oh, my God. And then you get to it, and then you're just, like, pissed off. Like, you're angry. And then, like, you have to deal with that. And like, why am I angry, you know? And so your <laughs> mind just starts going crazy. And it's 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 just a mindfuck of an experience, really, yeah. you know? And, and I would, I recommend people do it, but like, just know it'll be one of the hardest things you ever do in your life. Yeah, I have to Does imagine. that make sense? Does yeah. that make a lot of sense? Okay, yeah. Cool. Did, did the physical, like I just, right now, physical pain, did that eventually go away? Like, did your body adapt to getting used to sitting that many hours a day or like by day 10, um, I'm assuming day one was absolutely horrible. <laughs> But by day great. 10, could you sit there and be like, okay, I'm sitting, like, I know the drill at this point. It's it's really interesting because I would actually say, like, days five and six were the toughest days. Really? Because I think day one, like, you're still sitting there and you're still adjusting a little bit. You try to see what you can get away with, you know. And and then as there was a lesson each night, an hour lesson that, these teacher, that this teacher taught. And it was on video. The guy's dead now. But they have this video of him and it's the same lesson and... And it's crazy because you deal with stuff. You're like, oh, I'm really struggling with this. And then in this video of this recorded guy, he knew exactly what you were dealing with. And you're like, this is witchcraft. Like, He's like, how Brandon that? Sweat. <laughs> well, I saw you so rotate your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he talked about, you know, he's like, I'm sure you're sitting there peeking your eyes open, looking around the room. And it's like, oh, that's exactly what I was doing, you know. <laughs> and the, like the way I can describe this is there's a stage called the bonga stage that they call it. And it's a, it's a state where I'm going to describe the best way I can is like you become really tingly and it's like all like you lose feeling like not emotional feeling, but like physical feeling. Like you sit there and like everything's in pain and then it just like washes over you this feeling. And it's an incredible feeling. And I, I hit it on at the end of day five and I was like, Oh my God, like I've, I've figured it out. Like the rest of this thing is going to be so easy. Like I, I know I can hit, I just hit it there. It'll happen again. Like perfect. So then I spent day six and seven sitting there going like, if I just meditate enough, I'll hit this thing. <laughs> and I remember like halfway through day six, I'm sitting on this bench. My left knee feels it's like the size of a grapefruit. 
just hurting. I'm sweating. I'm like, just please, please hit the stage. So this like will go away. And then that night in the lesson, the guy's like, yeah, like if you hit this bonga stage, it's like the most dangerous place you can get to because it's going to feel really good. And then you're going to want that. So you're going to try to chase that. And then you're going to be farther away from getting there. You know, he's like, if you go in thinking you're going to hit it every time, you're never going to hit it. You know, and so he's like, so just sit there and just calm your mind. And if you don't hit it, you don't hit it, you know. And if you do hit it, you do hit it. And you don't care that it's there. And that's all that it is. Like, no reaction to anything, you know. You're just going to sit there and whatever comes up, comes up. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've been doing the complete opposite of that. Like, I've wanted to get this thing. And I, it, I've just gotten farther away. So the next time I sat there and the next meditation, I didn't even hit it and I didn't care. I was just like, okay, like, you know, there was a lot of pain in that meditation and that's all there was, you know? Yeah. And, and then through that, like I would hit it like more and more and more, but I didn't care that I hit it. And how you can tie that back to like living life now is like, it's one of those things where it's like things will happen and you just don't have to react to it, you know? It's like feelings of anger will come up still, and you'll just be like, why is that there? You know, like, why am I truly angry about this situation, you know? And you can usually chase it back to some, like, bullshit filter that you've put up of just like, oh, well, I made this story, you know, about this. And 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 that's how you can really control how you're reacting to something, you know? It, it, it's giving you time to, like, pause, think about it. Instead of just react, go like, okay, like, I'm feeling sad right now. Like, why am I feeling sad? Well, what, just, what's making me feel sad? Yeah, just even asking yourself that question gives you a second to take a step back out of the emotion. It's just like, you know, okay. It just gives you a breather, you know? Totally. I mean, it's the idea of responding versus reacting that I tried so desperately to teach to 14-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they listened. I don't know how much they it really – it's it's one of those things you got to practice. I mean, you can yeah. hear it as many times as, you know, as many times as you possibly can hear it. But if you don't practice it, then – Yeah, and that's the thing. I think, I think a lot of people go into meditation too and think like, oh, when I come out of it, like I'll be calm. And it's like, well, n not necessarily. Like I came out of some of those and I was more stressed than I've ever been in my life, you know. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, you know, it's crazy and – and I think, I wouldn't say it makes you calm, but it makes you more aware. And introspective like, almost. It makes you more introspective, you know. It's it's one of those things of like, it makes you more introspective. And I think in that way, like, spirituality to me is emotional growth. Like, if you can grow emotionally, like, that's spirituality to me. You know, some people think it's praying to God or, you know, the, the Buddha or L. Ron Hubbard, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> but, like, to me, it's like, knowing yourself is the most spiritual you can ever be, you know, because it's really, really hard to do that, you well, know, like know who you actually are. Dude, and until you're knowing yourself and treating yourself right, how can you expect to treat anybody else right? Right? Like, it's so, like, you can't help anybody else until you help yourself. Exactly. You know, and it's one of those things where I think a lot of people look at themselves about who they want to be, you know, instead of who they actually are. And I had, like, I struggled with that. Like, I framed this person, like, who I wanted to be. And then when I would look at myself, it was all the negatives. Like, I'd look at myself and be like, oh, well, here's the negative things about you, so you got to change those. And so I'd try to replace it with, like, who I wanted to be instead of looking like, okay, no, like, who am I actually? Like, yes, I have this issue over here, but I'm also really good at this. Yeah. Instead of just being like, I have this issue, so I should be more like him, you know? And so, again, it brings up those filters 
So you've got all these filters over your eyes, and you never take the time to uncover where those filters came from. Well, because and if you can do that, yeah, there's so many distractions in everyday life. I mean, oh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you don't even have one minute. If you don't give it to yourself, you don't even have like one minute to just stop and like not even think, but just stop. <laughs> yeah, stop right? the thinking. You know, like it's it's and it's like it's it's a struggle when you come back from something like that too, and you're like, okay, like. I just spent 10 days with myself, essentially, and now I've got my phone in my hand, and there's a computer, and there's overstimulate, you know, and it's like, to keep yourself, like, really in the present is damn near impossible sometimes, you know? Yeah, I want to get to that, but first, um, did you, I mean, I'm sure there's moments of both, but overall, by the end of it, did you come out liking or hating the voice in your head, kind of? That's a really good question. I came out understanding him more. Okay. I'll say that. You know, I can't say I like him or I hate him because he's going to be there no matter what, you know? <laughs> so, um, I just came out understanding like some like why he talks the way that he talks. Yeah. I guess a little bit more. And that's been in, like another growth of just me being more aware of that voice in my head. And I've had moments where like that voice in my head has been really self-critical, but I've been able to if I talk about it with somebody, I've been able to trace back like where that came from. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, like he was talking like this cause you were playing victim to this whole idea that you had, you know, this thing happening, you know? And so, so the voice in your head, yeah, it's one of those things. It's, it's really hard to describe, but it's like, you're just more aware of the voice in your head. And so you're willing to be like, huh? Like, Instead of just like having it go through as like a passing thought, you're like, why did he say that? Yeah, you're like, where did that come from? Yeah, you know, like why did why was that said like that? You know, which is easier said than done because a lot of the times it's still this is just a passing thought, you know. But sometimes you'll catch it like, well, where'd that come from? And then you kind of try to trace it back, which is hard because like you do try to trace it back, and then there's like these emotions that come up around it, and you know, again, your ego tries to throw up filters in front of those emotions and try to justify as an experience, so. It, it's, it's a difficult process, but I, I just came to know him better and like where he's coming from. And that's the whole crazy thing to me is like the fact that I could observe my own reactions during the meditation is just mind blowing. It's like, I'm observing myself, but I am myself, you know? So it, it feels like there's like this third party, like watching, but you are the third party, even though you're watching yourself, you know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy, you know? It's, it is crazy, man. But just taking those moments, for me, it's it's if I catch myself in like a negative self-thought spiral where like everything's making me mad and I'm like, oh man, I can't believe, like, you know, and eventually like the, the quicker I can catch that and be like, hey man, you've been down this negative self-talk before and you can put a stop to it right now just just by knowing that you've been down here and this is just a pattern that's repeating itself like you can just stop it and you can choose to do something else with your with your time yeah yeah um, i mean there's that aspect but like i try not to i don't want to say i'd try not to like make him go away i just kind of make yeah. him go like where did that come from okay like asking. and just try and just instead of being like no go away like let's talk positive being like okay like that was an interesting thought process 
Oh, that's interesting. Like, why did something like that show up? Like exposing you know, him to compassion almost. Totally. And that's not to say, like, there are some times I'm like, quit talking like that. Like, talk positive. You know, that definitely happens. I'm a human being. Like, I'm not perfect <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. But there are times where I'm like, okay, like, let me sit with this for a second. I know it's going to be uncomfortable, you know, but that's okay. You know, the things are uncomfortable sometimes. So, you know, and just sitting and seeing where it goes. Oh, yeah. What, what about the... Like, it's probably easier to do that with negative thoughts or negative emotions. But what about positive emotions? Do you sit there and be like, why am I happy right now? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, that is a thing, too, because because I think it's easy to get attached to happiness. You know, it's like, oh, this makes me, like, really, really happy right now. Like, I want to keep doing this. And it's kind of like if you have heaven, like, if you're in the middle and then all of a sudden you get heaven – like, when you come back down, you don't just go back here. Like, you go to hell. The middle you know, it's feels like, way worse. <laughs> exactly. So you just crash to hell. So it's just like, oh, my God. Because it's like when I hit that bonga stage. I'm like, oh, yeah. heaven. Feels so good. And then I'm like, oh, what? Like, when I come back down, it'll be here. You know? <laughs> but it's like, no. Like, you come all – because, like you said, that middle just, like, plummets all of a sudden. Yeah. Because you were here, and you thought this was, like, an eight. You're yeah. like, oh, okay. And then it's like, no, actually, like, this is an eight. So when you come back down, it feels like a three. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, god damn it. So there is definitely, like, I think one can lead, like, you know, states of happiness can lead to the other. When I get happy now, like, when I feel, let me put it this way, when I feel good about myself, it's because I've I've dealt with something. Like, it's have you ever had something like tension? You're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. Like, you create the story about how oh, something's yeah. going to go. All the, like, time. Oh, all the time and then when you do it you're like oh that wasn't that bad and you yeah. just feel like weight lifted off like that's what i equate to like being happy is just like oh i've gone through this now and like i know like what it's gonna be you know i think a lot of people get scared over the fear of the unknown yeah. and then when it is known you're like oh but you can't be scared of the unknown because if you're already scared of the unknown it's not unknown it's fear yeah like it's you know it's scared like you shouldn't be scared of the unknown because it's unknown yeah. Like there's nothing bad or good. It there. could be awesome. <laughs> it could be awesome. You don't know what it's going to be. So just to get scared about it, like you're not making it unknown. You're just making it fear. Yeah. I think that's what holds people back. Just like, just be unknown about it. Like somebody actually is like, I don't know what's going to happen. And like, that's fine. But like, again, your ego like tries to protect you and go like, Oh, like it's unknown. Like think of all the risks that could happen. Yeah. Like we might starve to death or we might, you know, whatever, Isn't that you know, crazy it, man. It, like I think about public wow. speaking, um, and it's funny cause even though I was a teacher or I'm a teacher, um, and I have been for five years and that's essentially public speaking to the scariest audience of all time. Teenagers. <laughs> like but, who's going to judge you more than teenagers? You yeah. Know? And you know, it is nerve wracking at times. Like every year, the night before the first day of school, it's it's still terrifying and i've talked to teachers who are like 30 years in and they're like yeah oh it's still still scary but then like you know you get comfortable comfortable with it and you get used to it but then you go do something that's essentially the same exact thing right public speaking but it's in front of peers instead of students mm -hmm. i still get the point where my heart's going i'm like feeling all jittery you know and it's like man just what are you afraid of? <laughs> totally. Well, I'd like, even on this podcast, like there's been time on this podcast, like, am I even making sense? Like, <laughs> oh my God, this must be going so terribly right now, you know? 
like even those thoughts come up you know yeah. it's not like i'm like totally okay with everything i'm saying i'm like oh, i hope i'm making sense like i hope people get this i hope i don't look like a quack you know things like that so it's just natural thoughts that come up and, and you know easier said than done you know again i've been meditating for meditating really well for only a year and med- tried meditation for two years so i'm by no means like a master at this of any sort you know yeah, yeah. so which is why I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting to talk to people at the beginning stage of, um, I don't want to say a hobby, because meditating definitely is not necessarily a hobby, but right. at the beginning stage of any any new event that they're doing or new sure. newness that they're doing. Totally. Um, I might come back in 20 years and I'd be like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what I was talking you'd about. You'd just be like, like floating you... above the ground yeah. like Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> right, totally, yeah. I was like that podcast twenty years ago. I had no idea what I was talking about. Like Dude, I'm so much more now. That's yeah. the thing, though, man. I mean, that's with anything. I mean, you can look back to what you said yesterday, and you're like, "Man, I was a dum dum." Right. <laughs> totally. Just because you have more experiences, and the new experiences lead you to new ideas and new thoughts. And, and I will that. say, what's been amazing for me is like, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Like, what I thought vipassana was was just like i was like oh just like the buddha used it and that was all the knowledge i had about what vipassana was like that was it so i kind of jumped into it like with no idea what to expect and i think that definitely like helped a lot um because i i've seen people of like almost like a paralysis by analysis of they've tried so many other versions and then they go to you know something like this and then they're like oh i don't know which one's right like there's good stuff in this one and good stuff in this one. It's like, which path is the right one where I was just like, this is the only path I know. So I'm just going to take it and run with it and go all in. Totally. And I've totally been there before. of like trying to work out. It's like, well, is running the best or I lift yeah. weights. Should I do yoga? You know? And it's hard to like pick one, but if you can pick one and run with it, like you'd be amazed what you can get out of it. It's kind of like, don't dig 21 foot holes, dig one 20 foot hole. Yeah. You know? So it's like, find that one thing I would say to people like, Whatever it is, whether a meditation technique, you know, fitness, business, whatever it is, grab that one thing and run with it. Or like diet even, you know. Yeah, or diet. I know, mean, like, that's the most – I always go to that when you say paralysis by analysis. I mean, it's so confusing that um, – Totally. You know, unless you just pick one and you're like, hey, man, I'm going to test this out and see how it feels on my body, you might just be stuck and do the same – in the same cycles. Yep. Yep, for sure. So, so that was the cool thing for me that – a little nugget that I got out of it, I suppose, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, was <laughs> was there any point, anything you really wanted to say? Like maybe someone had a piece of broccoli in their teeth and you're like, I can't say anything. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> so at, at the beginning, like we were talking to people because they were just trying to get general information. And they were like, does anybody need a ride to the airport? And this guy was like, yeah, this guy dropped me off and said he'd come back, but I don't know, man. And the whole people, everybody just started laughing. And I remember sitting in a meditation and thinking of that moment. <laughs> and like, I started like laughing and I was like, oh, I can't, like, I can't laugh. And I just sitting like trying not to laugh. And I thought of it for like a whole hour, just trying not to laugh. And there was definitely like <laughs> other times of just saying stuff. I actually would catch myself like I'd be in the shower and I'd be singing like an Alicia Keys song. And I'd be like, oh, where did naturally. that? <laughs> you were just you know, doing it, you know? And I was like, oh, crap. So, but there wasn't really a time where I wanted to say things. Again, I was with my buddy Adam and my friend Mike. And it's very, very weird for like the first couple of days to walk by people. Yeah. And 
not acknowledge them. Like you don't even acknowledge. That's what them. I was gonna ask you. So you don't even wave or give a thumbs up or flip them off and that's if you're the, mad. And that's the weird thing because there were definitely times like those first few days I'd walk by him and kind of just like glance up at him and they'd just be staring down and you kind of want to be like, hey, like this is crazy, right? You know, <laughs> let's communicate but, telepathically. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of weird when you just walk by him and then it's just like no acknowledgement of anything. And it's kind of like, whoa, like, I really kind of am in this alone, you know? And that's the scary part is, like, like you have nothing to do but, like, think. Yeah. There's no distraction. There's no nothing. You know, you can try to distract yourself with stuff, but it's just really hard to do, you know? And that's where, like, you can really dig into, like, that, you know, your mind kind of spires of, like, why am I here? Why did I do this? You know, what's the meaning of life? You know, like, t- stuff like that. And you just really start thinking about things. So, so how long did the first day take? Because, I mean, we live in a world of, you can literally distract yourself from moment one of waking up to moment of going to bed. Because I've done it plenty of times, and I'm sure you have too, where you're just like, you get a second of break, and you're like, I'm going to put on a TV show. Like, Netflix is on. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to a podcast, you know, totally. And that's like the crazy thing. I can't remember necessarily how long the days felt, but I I remember distinctly on day five, sitting down for the teaching and the teacher was like, congratulations, you are five days, you know, through this, you're halfway. I was like, (laughs) I was like, I have five more days of this. Like, oh my God, like this is going to take forever. You know, I remember having that thought. And it's, it's, it's pretty crazy because again, you can't distract yourself. Like I remember sitting, there was like 15 minutes before the next meditation and I didn't really know what to do. So I just sat on this bench for 15 minutes and it might've been the longest 15 minutes of my life. (laughs) Cause all you can do is just look around at like nature. You know, that's all you can do is just sit and you're not talking. You're just thinking the whole time. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. (laughs) Okay. So you get to the end of it. Yeah. And you take away all these amazing lessons and everything like that. Yeah. What was the first thing you said? (laughs) Like, did it take a while still of like, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should just keep this thing rolling. So after the, I think it was a nine o'clock meditation. So from nine to 10, you would meditate on the 10th day. You then got to talk to everybody. Okay. So you got to talk basically the morning of the 10th day. Okay. And you still came back and meditated, but they're like, you're going to need this. Like, you know, it's going to be a little shock. And I, remember, and I remember coming out and Mike was standing there. He's like, what's up, brother? And I just like wanted to like kiss him on the lips. I was like, it's so good to talk to somebody, you know. <laughs> it was incredible. And we just talked like, because this was his second time doing it. And he does other different types of things. And he, w- he was just like, what did you go through, you know, and things like that. And it was just really interesting. What I was surprised by I mean, I'd had at that point about a year of like half-assed meditation under my belt. My buddy Adam had had about 13 years of actual meditation under his belt. And we had a very similar experience. Okay. That's all I was going to Did most people have that similar experience? Mike had a little different one because he had done it before. But Adam and I was our first time doing this Vipassana method. So we, it was, it was really crazy. Like the things that we went through i was like i totally had that too like oh my god like that's crazy um and i was like yes day seven was a hard day for me too it was (laughs) really wild like you just hit these stages at the same time not even knowing it and i remember adam made a point to talk to the teacher every day ask at least one question and he said he went on on like day six or seven and goes to the teacher he's like 
can I masturbate? <laughs> so he has the teacher. And the teacher was like, if you're willingly doing it, like you're breaking the rule. He's like, if you're willingly doing it, you're breaking the rule. And he's like, I think the guy just told me I could have a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, like just the things that you ask. Cause like there was times I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I wish I could masturbate. Right. You know? And that was you a weird I'm thing. Publish this, right? Yeah. And it, it's, like, it was very cool to see, like, that we had similar experiences. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that at all. That's you know? funny, man. You you kind of thought, like, since you're the newbie coming in, you're like, oh, oh yeah. these guys are going to be just day one. I thought I'd get to the end of it, and they'd be like, mm, yes, oh, what an enlightening experience. I was <laughs> like, dude, that was, like, some of those grueling shit I've ever gone through. Like, <laughs> how they, is that they would just be like, I blinked, and I closed my eyes, <laughs> and I opened them, and we're at day 10. It's totally, because I remember, like, in those first few days, like you'd sit there and it'd be like, you have no idea how long it's been. You know, it's probably been 20 minutes, but I feel like it's been forever. Yeah. And you just kind of like peek your eye open a little bit and glance around. And of course everybody else looks very stoic and is sitting there with their eyes closed. And like, yeah. Oh, yes. But they were all like, Oh, I totally opened my eyes. You know, like everybody was doing that. It was pretty great. That's awesome, man. So, um, once you got back into routine and regular society, yeah, I mean, I know for me when I've had these grand moments of just eye-opening experiences, I can hold on to that experience for a few days and then it starts to fade. And it's really, I mean, you can get it back, but it's a lot harder to get back. So how quickly did it kind of fade for you? I mean, the the lessons, it sounds like the lessons that you had were stuff that'll stick with you forever but maybe the feeling right. you had how quickly did that maybe not fade, I would, but maybe fade i would say i would say it was gone almost instantly really you know and, and it's weird because it's like you come back into society and and you get back into into the flow of things and you're like you're like oh like i could totally like take this with me you know like mm -hmm. and then you sit down and meditate and you're like oh this is nothing like it was you know, and so like instantly you're just trying, again, you're trying to find like trying to chase this experience of just like what you just had. And again, you're like, I'm doing it again. Like, of course, it's not going to be the same experience because it's something completely different, you know. And so like that is where, again, I think you can tie it to like, there's a lot of, I tie it to like uh, New Year's resolutions. When you start out, you're like, yeah, like, oh, I'm getting into yoga. Like, it feels really good. And then you get to a point that one day where you're like, oh, like, you know, I, it, it's cold out. Like, I don't want to get up. Oh, I got a little sniffle. Like, maybe not do it today. And then it just spirals from there because you're not getting the same, like, experience. And you're like, oh, this is, like, hard and I'm not doing as much as well as I should and things like that. And it's, and it's because you're trying to tie it back to the initial experience of it being good. Like, you've gone to heaven and now you're yeah. going to go through hell a little bit. And it's, it's that thing of, like, you can't ever – don't ever attach yourself to like some sort of experience. Be like, okay, like today, this is how I experienced it. Not being like, this is what I want for tomorrow. It's like, no, today, yeah, I experienced it this way. And then tomorrow, you're like, today, I experienced it this. Gotcha. You know, so every day is an experience that you just had. Yeah. You know, in that moment, it might have been good or bad, but you really just had it. You know, yeah, it's kind of that moment. There's a great like little analogy of like, there's this Chinese farmer and his horse runs away and and everybody in town's like oh that's terrible and this you know ancient sage in the town's like yeah we'll see 
<laughs> and the horse comes back the next day with seven wild horses. And everybody sounds like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And the sage is like, yeah, we'll see. And then the farmer's son takes one of the horses out, falls off the horse and breaks his leg. And everybody goes, oh, terrible. That's so awful. Sage says, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> next day, the conscript shows up, starts drafting people into the army. But he skips the kid because his leg's broken. Everybody's like, that's amazing. He's like, well, you know, we'll see. And it's, <laughs> it's one of those things of like, in those moments, like, yeah, everything feels great. You know, everything's amazing. But um it's it's all tied to one experience like you'll look back and be like oh, i had these good and bad moments that have shaped me who i am now you know so so that's my thing of like you might fall out of it but like you're still going to experience it and if you can be like okay like how did that feel today if you can just stick with it and do it like how did that feel today how did that feel today how did that feel today you know yeah that's all you're gonna have and you'll stick with something because you don't care how it felt, it just feels a certain way. And that's 100% easier said than done. Yeah, And oh, I know yeah. I, I rambled there a bit. Of, no, me. it's made perfect sense. I mean, it's, yeah. it's for anything, too. It's not just meditation, but it's like, I mean, yeah, you, could, you could go for a run and have the most amazing run, like runner's high by the end of it, and it's awesome. And then the next day you can sit and do the same exact route, and it could be, you could feel terrible at the end. It just, it just is what it is. Yeah, and then your mind tries to just be like, oh, well, that one time must have just been absolute bullshit. Like, it's been terrible every time. You know, you're always going to hear the squeaky wheel on the shopping cart, yeah. you know? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's but, awesome, man. So how have you continued your practice? You know, there have been times where it's like I got back in and they were like, do an hour in the morning, an hour at night. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And I did that for about a week. And I was like, this is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, you know, I'd do like an hour and then maybe, well, 40 minutes. Oh, maybe 20 minutes. It's like, oh, well, I'm busy today, so I'm not going to do it today. So I definitely yeah. got like off course. And then when you realize that, you can catch yourself and be like, okay, like I have to get back in it. You have to be persistent and consistent. And there are still days where I don't get it in. You know, it yeah. just happens. But you, I just have to sit down and do it. And I do it for 40 minutes. Yeah. Like I do it for 40 minutes. 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 40 minutes. And then I would try to like go up to 50 minutes and it'd be really hard. And I'd be like, Oh, this is bullshit again. You know? <laughs> and so again, finally I just started sitting there. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here until the, I'm not going to sit it. here anymore. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And sometimes that would be an hour and 20 minutes and sometimes it'd be 10 minutes, yeah. you know, but it was just like being okay with like that. Just like, okay, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to, things are going to happen and that's okay, you know? Yeah. And, and so to me, it's become less like time constrictive and just like being that's like, awesome. okay, I'm going to sit and sit and sit and see what happens. I love that you man because you found out what worked for you versus what someone else would just tell you to do. Totally. Exactly. It's like, how do I feel about this right now? Yeah. And the only way you can find out by that is, you know, do a 10 day meditation retreat, but then also do like 10 minutes and be like, okay, 10 minutes didn't really work either. 10 days yeah. is probably not realistic for me. <laughs> right. So you're yeah. kind of trying to figure out your middle ground there. I think that's awesome, yeah. man. Um, well, and then there's things, even like the way you sit, because it's like, there's times where it's like, if you, like, I used to sit cross-legged because I thought it looked badass. You know, it's like, <laughs> I want to sit like this, meditate like this, because I feel like this Zen warrior. It's like, nobody else is watching me do this. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I, like, if it starts to like, really like, affect me somehow like it starts to be like really really painful or something like that it's like why can't i just like sit in a chair you know nobody else is watching me yeah you know do it don't do it thinking like i gotta stay like this because i'm like the zen warrior like do it because you want to like 
you know, have self-discovery and self-transformation. Yeah. That's what I tell people about yoga too, especially people just starting out at yoga and, you know, they might be really self-conscious of, you know, I'll look stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. People are going to laugh at me. I'm like, dude, nobody is even thinking about you because everyone's kind of into what they're doing to themselves at that moment or like trying to get by with themselves. And that's really kind of the way it is through life too. I mean, I, this happens to me almost I mean not all the time but this happens to me quite often where I hear a horn honking and I'm like why are they honking at me that's my first reaction is like why would they be honking at me in this moment totally like, really like that's super egocentric and chances are no one's honking at you specifically right totally <laughs> I it's, mean it's it's pretty wild I mean people you you just have to realize you are self more self critical of yourself than anybody in the world is going to be. Anyone totally. else is going to be. You're going to think about yourself obviously way more often than anyone else. Oh, I did a workshop with a bunch of my friends in the Des Moines community, and and we went around and we talked about just our experience through this workshop over the the last day, and and I remember like the whole time I had all these people on this pedestal of just like, Oh, these are like amazing people. And I feel like I've got nothing together. And you know, it's like, I feel like a fraud. And then they would be like, Oh, like actually like this is really hard right now. And this is what I'm struggling with. And I was like, Oh my God, everybody's just as broken as I am. Like, this is like so relieving, you know, it's like you don't ever really know what the person next to you on the train's going through, yeah. you know? And it's just like, it's like, and you're like, they look like they have it together. Like they're, listen to their headphones and and they've got a nice shoes on and a nice scarf and it's like well maybe in that headphones it's like some self-affirmation telling them to get their shit together you know because you, you like you really don't know what people are going through you know no. it's it's pretty wild so that's that's been like a huge thing for me is just being like being really open with me because like i'll be open if somebody asks me i'll be like you know what like this is what i'm going through and it's really tough and you'd be amazed the stories you get about stuff like that because people are like right? Like, this is what I'm going through, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a, like struggle is a very similar experience, you know? Yeah, man. And, and you never know who you're touching because, like, somebody will be like, oh, like, I'm not alone in this. Like, there's other people, you know? There's a reason they call them support groups. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so. Not but, judgment yeah. groups. You know? Totally. Dude, yeah. but speaking of sure. the community in Des Moines, I mean, the group of friends that you have is just, they're just so awesome and nice and caring, compassionate, intelligent. Um, I mean, when did you really get involved with, I, I know you lived in this house full of like five or six guys and they're all, yeah. you know, working to create their own businesses or, or whatever, but essentially it just ended up generating this really cool community of people. Um, yeah. So I met them all through our, our mutual friend, Calvin. Yeah. Um, who I met Calvin in college. He lived on my dorm floor. And in college, Calvin and I didn't hang out a whole lot. You know, we ran into each other parties, but he more hung out with Travis and my brother. Yeah. And um, after I moved back from L.A., you know, after college, moved out to L.A. with Travis, came back. Calvin was in town. And he was just like, hey, man. Like, I called him. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm looking for a place to live. I don't know if you're looking for a roommate. He was like, actually, I'm moving out of my old place. Um, but he's looking for a roommate so you can move into my old place because I'm moving to this house with a bunch of these bunch of guys and I was like okay yeah I'll totally move in to this place and that was with Peter yeah, so yeah. I moved in with Peter and he went to this house and he was like yeah you got to come over and meet these guys 
So I went over to the house and met these guys, and I was like, whoa, like these guys are really cool, like really awesome guys, super funny, and and, and very just open, very open. And that was the thing that stunned me. I was just like, like why are these guys telling me these things about them? Like this is wild, you know? <laughs> they were being like so vulnerable. And I was just like, whoa, like, oh, never. Dudes, that's not a dude thing to do. Totally, you know, like, and, you know, I met Dane for the first time and he was like, I mean, I think he cried the first time I met him. And it's like, as a guy, you're like, what the hell is happening? Like, why is he crying? (laughs) You know, and it's like, that's not a dude thing to do. But like, you realize just like these stories you've created about your life of like, you've acted this way, but then society like and peer pressure, like did this to you and so you're like oh i have to be a man and like i know what women want as a man you know and things like that and and it's 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 been an awesome experience i i can't imagine where my life would be had i not known some of these people you know it's one of those things like i'm scared to think of what i would be like had i not met some of these guys you yeah. Know? Well, you mentioned the whole like man thing. Like, yeah. dude, there are awesome activities that are like stereotypical men things. I'm talking about like lifting weights. I mean, shooting a shooting a shotgun. You can't Drink, beat that. Drink so, beer, watching football. Drink, drinking a beer and watching football, man. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't not include you know the things I did today with my two daughters, like put on a tutu and dance with her. You can't totally. you can't not include those things because then you're missing out on like an aspect of life. And I guess for me, I'm like, dude, we don't have that long on Earth. We might as well experience as many different experiences and aspects that we possibly can. So, totally. I mean, and sitting around with a bunch of dudes and talking about your feelings like that's so beneficial to your mind and your soul. And and people just don't do it. And I mean, I've been thinking lately, it's so hard for dudes when they're in their thirties and forties to make new friends and they just, it's just people kind of close off. And part of it is, you know, you just get busy with families if you have that and all that. But the other part is kind of the societal idea of like, Oh, the only friends I have, you know, maybe we can play golf together and like watch Monday night football and, and whatnot. But we, we can't talk about our feelings. Like that's, that's for like, pansies you know (laughs) yeah yeah you're missing out man i'm telling you you're missing out i mean it's one of those things where it's like if you have friends that are willing to listen to how you feel about something and challenge you on those feelings like that's people who care right there exactly because because they're going like okay like if you feel like this like like clearly look at what you've been doing and you know you're like you feel like this because this happened and this happened like do you see a correlation like here's how you could change. Or they're like, you know what? I went through something like that and here's what I did. And it's like, I remember the first time I ever brought up something I was struggling with around these guys. Like I was like on the verge of tears. Yeah. And then like, they helped me like get over it. Like right there. They're like, yeah, like, uh, like I've totally had that too. You know, you have these feelings of like, you must feel so ashamed of me because I'm dealing yeah, with this I'm thing and you've probably never one. gone. To- <laughs> exactly. And they're like, no, like I've definitely had things like this and you're being authentic. Like, yeah, they love it when you're being authentic. Like, we're not mad at you because, like, you're being real right now, you know? And I think, like, overnight I lost 20 pounds. You know, it's just one of those <laughs> things. That's just like, oh, my God, like, that was such an amazing experience, yeah. you know? And well, that's why, to me, like, emotional growth is, like, a spiritual thing for me because it's, like, you literally have, like, this crazy reaction to, like, something happening. And, and you feel like you're, like, 
you feel like you're such a victim to something and then people will tell like show you that you're not and you're just like look at this story you've created and you're like oh my god you know <laughs> and it's amazing how quickly you can get over something yeah you know? yeah, yeah. I, I loved at their house i just remember there was this whiteboard and i don't know what it was called but it was essentially like if you need help with something just write it down here and yeah. then someone in the house will look at it someday and be like, oh, man, I can help him out with that. And they'd go and help yeah. him. I've tried to imply that in our house with, with me and Lindsay um, a few times. And it's worked really well, man. I mean, because sometimes awesome. there are things you want to communicate that maybe you say them and people just, it goes in one ear and out the other. But if it's mm-hmm. written down in front of them, it's like, oh, okay, I, I need to get on that. And yeah. Them, so. And let me tell you, it is a humbling experience to have to walk up to that board and write something on it. You know? <laughs> You're just like, because again, you have that like machismo of just like, I can deal with this, you know, and, and things like that. And then you go like, oh my God, like I can't believe I have to put this on the board, you know? Yeah. But like, uh, it's an amazing thing for sure. It's an amazing thing just to have something like that and knowing like you can count on people to help. Yeah. And if they can't help, like they'll try to figure out like what to do. Like I can't help you, but let's see if we can find somebody who can. Yeah. You know. Well, and you guys do like community meals, um, or you, I mean, you don't. I think they sold the house. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, the house is no longer there, but we still get together a lot. You know, we've yeah. all we're all all the guys in the house no longer live together. Everybody's somewhere separate, and it's amazing. I was very fearful that it's like, oh well, you know, I'm probably only going to hang out with Calvin and Adam now. Yeah. You know, and that has like, it's been the case in some ways. Like, I have to say, I've hung out with Adam and Calvin more than others, but like those other guys are still a huge part of my life. Yeah, and we see them catch up, and you know, I mean, Brian was a single guy when he was living there. Now he's married with two kids, so like <laughs> life just changes, you know, naturally. But it's like we, I feel like whenever I talk to him, we haven't missed a beat. You know, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I love sure. that. I so. love that when you have a friend who you haven't seen for three years, but then you start talking to, him, and you're like, oh, it's just like. Just like, I said. like, dude, when, last time I ran into you in Des Moines, yeah, I thought it had only been like maybe two years or whatever, but you're like, dude, it's been like five years <laughs> since we've seen wild? each other, which is yeah. insane because it yeah, didn't feel it was that wild. long once I saw I hadn't you. Seen your, I hadn't seen your face like <laughs> in front of me in like six years. It was wild. It's super wild. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, just the, to wrap up kind of, um, I want to hear about – so so – Next week I'm having Travis Stefan on, Uncle Travis, Uh-oh. to my Uh-oh. to my daughters. And uh, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. I can't believe it's been ten episodes before I had him on. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to some crazy, crazy stories. Speaking of machis- machismo, is that how you say that? Machismo? Yeah, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of machismo, I'm not saying that word ever again. Okay. Um, Travis Stefan basically has like meathead mentality, right? Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing, right? But no, not at all. he was mentioning some like competitions that you guys had when living with each other. Like you guys are the most competitive. You two together are more competitive than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> it's It gets pretty ridiculous for sure. So can you like remember or do you remember any or do you want to talk some smack to Travis before I... I mean, I remember usually a lot of them were like fitness bets, you know, and I would always get a way over my head because he'd be like, all right, like, we'll see who can do like, you know, 500 deadlifts before the week's over and stuff like that, you know, like 500 (laughs) sets or whatever. And of course, he'd be like, I'll totally beat you, you know, 
And of course, I would never beat him because he's an animal. And I was like, I, I, like, I would get done with like a bunch of sets and feel like I'd just been assaulted. And he would just be like walking just fine, I'd be like, oh, this is the worst, you know. Um, but we used to make like financial bets because you know, like we played poker a bunch like that. Oh, so yeah. we would try to just like make like stupid, stupid bets with each other. I remember uh, you guys played Deal or No Deal, the computer game version. Yes. And you would both pick a case and you would put like $5 on it. And yeah. then you just click through every single case to see which one was higher. Totally. Yeah. There's just stuff like that. Like in our free time, like that's what we would do. Yeah. And it was like, it was super fun, but it was stupid as hell. You know? <laughs> he mentioned some like throwing an ice cube in a bucket. And that yeah, became we were, the most competitive you've ever had. We were at this like party and we didn't like really know anybody else that well. It was my cousin's party and we were like, Oh, you know, people are cool, but like we're kind of bored. And like I remember Travis like took an ice cube and like threw it behind his back into this bucket and I was like, I bet you can't do that again. <laughs> and it just evolved into us like be like, all right, like we it was the bucket was on the deck and we get off the deck, go like thirty feet away and be like, All right, chuck it, see if you can get it, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. There's people at this party trying to have a conversation as we're like whipping ice cubes past them during a conversation, betting like ten dollars a piece. Is is pretty wild that uh, we would find anything and everything we could to bet. So do you it, still see uh I mean, do you still see the similarity between that Brandon and the Brandon post meditation? Like, I know it's the same person. Yeah. You know, but there's just certain aspects of myself that it's just like, oh, man, like, I was so angry back then. Or I was so ignorant, you know. It's just yeah. like I – you, you kind of get mad at yourself. Like, you feel like you have to, like, defend yourself to other people. Like, well, I was thinking that way because like, – <laughs> Like, you, you know, have to defend your, your past actions. Absolutely, you yeah. know. And it's like, no, you don't have to. It's just like you're just more knowledgeable about yourself than you are now, you know. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God, like, of course I was acting that way because of this thing, you know. So. yeah. yeah. So, uh, like, I definitely, and I think that, like, sometimes that's scary, because I always think about, like, I think there's fear of responsibility. Like, if you get really good at business, you're like, oh, man, like, I don't know, like, do I want more responsibility? Like, what am I going to have to sacrifice to be successful? Am I going to have to turn into, like, this, like, soulless asshole, you know? And it's like, it's like, absolutely not, because, like, the more you know yourself, like, the more you'll know what you want from life. And that in itself is success. Awesome. You know? I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Dude, yeah. Can you be my Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am far from that. Like, I have people about me. I'm like, you're my Yoda. I know, you know, dude. And everyone has you know, a Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. But you yeah. know, man, I just love that you're so willing to, uh, willing to learn, you know, and put yourself into that situ- those situations. And it hasn't always been like that for sure. And yeah. I still struggle with that. You know, sometimes I just think it's like fake it till you make it, and it's yeah. like, I think that's bullshit. Because it's like, don't fake it till you make it. Like, ask questions. Yeah, be real like, with it. Be like, hey, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And that's really hard to do. Like, it's definitely been a humbling experience, but yeah. it's been fun. Um, so if people want to check out the Vipassana meditation course, they do them worldwide. The website is www.dhamma.org. So www.dhamma.org. If people want to check out uh, where to do that Vipassana meditation, that's where it's at. Awesome, man. Well, it was great talking to you, and I'll... Uh... Talk to you soon, brother. All right. Thanks, Chris. It was fun. I see you, man. Peace. There you have it. Episode nine in the books. I really can't explain how much I'm enjoying 
doing this podcast every week. So if you've been listening uh, week after week, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep this thing rolling all year and uh, and maybe beyond. Um, the conversations just have been so meaningful to me and it's been it's been really really awesome so if you enjoyed it uh you can check out the other ones on itunes or on soundcloud or on our website new.likeabigfoot.com and make sure you guys are finding time out of your busy week to go ahead and have an adventure or you know sit quietly and eliminate some distractions and uh you know just just better yourself And we'll get back at you next week.